doing it. I've been doing it so very long. They're like two companions that filter everything that I see. They filter my perspective of what God is doing. They filter my perspective of what I see going on in the world around me. And if I'm not careful, when God brings little shoots of the kingdom, little, just first little green shoots popping out the ground, if I'm not careful, before I've given them any space to grow, any space to do their work, I go with my big boots of unbelief and fear, and I stamp on them. Sometimes I don't even realise I've done it. It's just when I see these little green shoots and I see the adverse circumstances they're growing in and I see all of the difficulties around, I think, how can these little green shoots ever really bear fruit? And without even knowing it, in my big green boots of unbelief and fear, I stamp on it. But I also find these boots, they don't really have much grip on them either. So when the enemy comes with his schemes and his problems, I find it really hard to get any traction with the promises of God. Unbelief just doesn't, doesn't get any traction when it comes to the promises of God. Fear is a really difficult thing. It doesn't, doesn't help me to see the promises of God fulfilled. You see, my, my father, he's given me different boots to wear. As a son, as a daughter, I've got different footwear. I'm not supposed to put these on every morning. I'm not supposed to just slip into them without even thinking. He's given me different footwear to wear. Two different companions with which to see the world through. Different companions to walk through the day with. One of them is love and the other is faith. But the problem is I'm so used to putting these two old boots on that I can do it without thinking. And to put on faith and love takes much more thought takes me to be much more deliberate. In actual fact, I need to form new habits if I am going to live the way God has got for me. We have just sung some amazing words about the greatness and the goodness of God, everything he's done, everything he's doing. He's the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the mighty one. And yet sometimes my life doesn't work out that way. It doesn't seem that that is how God is to me. And sometimes I can be tempted to think, well, if God just did a little bit more, I'm sure it would all get sorted out. The thing is, in a lot of these instances, it's not that God needs to do more. I've just got the wrong footwear on. I need to take off those to do with my old nature. I need to take them off. I need to throw them away. And I need to, on a daily, moment-by-moment basis, make sure, this is biblical language, I am clothed. I am putting on faith. I am putting on love for the things that I see in my, that are around me, that I see going on in the world around me. How about you? How about you? How, how much is it with you? Life in the Spirit is about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It is about renewing our minds. It is about godly choices. It is about new decisions. It is about repentance. As we allow allow God's power 
grace and mercy to flow through us in fresh ways. Lord, I ask you, as we just very briefly look at these four things, and as we have a change of footwear towards the end of this meeting, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd be very powerfully with us. I pray, Lord God, that this morning people would be set free from, uh, would be set free from fear. I ask you, Lord God, that people would take fear off, they would take unbelief off, and they would clothe themselves afresh in love and in faith. Lord, I ask that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Excellent. So what we're going to do is we're going to look. I've got three simple points. We're going to look at what we take off. We're going to look at what we put on. And then we're going to go to the locker room. And for some of us, that's exactly what we're going to do this morning, okay? That's the bit you participate in. That's the decision you need to be making is, do I want to engage with this process this morning? Fear and unbelief are two destructive twins. They are closely related. They often come hand in hand, bringing havoc within the church and bringing havoc in our own lives. But they're also really sneaky. It's like you can get to the end of the day and suddenly realise, do you know what? I've lived the whole of this day in fear. I've lived the whole of this day in unbelief of what God can do. And it's as though you just miss it if you're not careful. So they, they reap havoc and they are sneaky. They can slow down and even stop the work of God in our lives. I mean, we were singing, weren't we? We were singing that nothing can stop God in his power and grace. And, and at one level that is true, but do you know what? You can. You can stop God's work in your life. He respects your choice. He will not force you anywhere you do not want to go. He will not force you to give things up you don't want to give up. He will respect your choice. So what about fear? Fear is faith rooted in a wrong reality. Fear is faith rooted in a wrong reality. It is believing the wrong version of the truth. Now all of us live with fear in our lives. We usually learn to accommodate it rather than deal with it. I think God wants us to deal with it this morning. We can have a fear of rejection. I'm going to act a certain way because I don't want people to reject me. I'm not going to say what I feel God's prompting me to say. Why? Because I don't want people to reject me. You may have a fear of death. It may be a fear of sickness that grips you. It may be a fear of losing control. That you've lived in an environment as you were growing up where you had no control. So the way, the way you compensate for it now is you are very controlling. Everything has to be just so. And if it isn't just so, you get very angry. You may have a fear of embarrassment. You may have a fear of failure. For me, I know that's what I struggle with. A fear of failure. I get my identity, if I'm not careful, from performance rather than the fact that I'm a son. And God loves me. You see, when fear reveals itself, it reveals what you really believe. Okay? So when you fear something, it's really showing you on the inside what you really believe. When we fear, 
we're doubting the goodness and the love of God. Fear causes us to play it safe. You don't know, just through this season, you know, some different stuff's been going on this season, hasn't it? The 40 days on Sunday mornings. So if I'm not careful, I want to control everything so that nothing odd happens. The thing is, the Holy Spirit doesn't mind odd. I do, but he doesn't. He's big enough to control that. He's big enough to, to, to handle what is going on. Fear can rob us of joy. Fear can cause us to grasp rather than to be generous. What, what will happen in five years? I, 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 I must, but, but God's, God's encouraging you to be generous, to step out. To, to, no, no, but what, what will happen in five years? He's saying, trust me. I'm your dad, I love you. I'm your father. I, I, I can struggle, a weakness, one of those boots I can put on fear. That I can put on morning by morning is a fear of failure and trying to hit a mark. And if I don't hit a mark, I'm not acceptable, I'm not, I'm not doing it, I'm not performing. It's not right. My father loves me. He is for me. What about unbelief? I think there are two different types of unbelief. There is a, a stubborn unbelief that exists where, where no faith is present. That's one type. And there's another unbelief which is a bit like double-mindedness. I'm standing in two places. Sometimes I'm facing this way, sometimes I'm facing that. Sometimes I'm believing, sometimes I'm not. I think for a lot of us it's that second one. Unbelief is alive and well in Christians as well as those who don't believe in God. Unbelief exists in this room. Unbelief exists probably in your heart to a greater or a lesser extent. Unbelief breaks us off from God's plans. Just as faith is so effective, unbelief is so toxic. Unbelief again comes from our perspective of God. Is he good? Is he powerful? Will he intervene? Unbelief often causes me to look at what I don't have rather than what God has given me. To summarise, fear and unbelief will rob me in three areas. Sorry, will rob in three areas. They will rob, it will rob God of his glory, you of your purpose, and the world of hope. So unbelief and fear will rob Rob God of his glory, you of your purpose, and the world of hope. So what are these new boots that we are to put on? Well, the first one is love. You see, if you want to cast out fear, what you need is love. You need to know God's love filling your life. It says in 1 John 4 verse 18, there is no fear in love. 
But perfect love casts out fear. I know that God loves me. I know it not because I woke up this morning feeling it, but because the Bible tells me that is the case. It is certain and it is definite. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are a follower of him, God loves you. It's definite. And he has communicated and demonstrated his love in two very specific ways. The first way is by his son dying on the cross for you that your sins might be forgiven. Now, I know you know it, but the problem is some of you don't know it. Because you still are fearing. And I said it a few weeks ago, the distance between your head and your heart can be the longest distance in the world. To know that I am loved by God is good, and that's a starting point, and that's where you come morning by morning, day by day. But the Holy Spirit has been shed abroad in our hearts, so it doesn't stay just here, but it comes and fills us. You see, when you fear, you don't just fear intellectually, do you? It affects your whole being. When you know the love of God, you're to know it, yes, intellectually, but it's to affect your whole being just as fear would. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. I know God loves me because he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for me on the cross. 2,000 years ago, the God-man was pinned to a cross that my sins might be forgiven. That's how I know that God loves me. That's the foundation I stand on. And if I wake up in the morning wondering, as I'm about to slip into my boots of fear, no, I need to remind myself and renew my mind knowing, no, he loves me because of that. The second reason I know is because I am a child of God. I've been adopted into his family. Now, I know we say this often, but it's so important. I haven't just been saved from my sin and left out in the cold. I have been saved from my sin and brought into a family. Now, whether I feel like a child or not, that is secondary. The fact of the matter is I am. I know it. The word of God says God inspired the Bible. What he says is true. Therefore, I need to make that decision to uh, to start with by choosing to believe what it says. And as it says in Romans 8, that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Wow. Nothing. Height nor depth, angels nor demons, nothing demonic, um, uh, nothing in eternity past or eternity future, the things of heaven or the things of hell, nothing can separate me from the love of God, not because I'm like a limpet clinging onto the rock, but because the rock is clinging onto me. He has decided to save me. He picked me out, he called me, in my weakness I responded to the grace of God and his arms wrapped around me, I am now secure in his family. I know he loves me because his son died on the cross. I know that he loves me because I'm adopted. I know that his love will never forsake me. We need fresh revelation of God's love to permeate our hearts and to cast out fear. In our lives. And for some of us, we are facing real fears in our lives. We need to get, kick them, kick those fears out and replace it with the love of God. I want you to imagine you are a child walking in the woods. 
it's going dark and it's cold and you're on your own. And as you're walking through the woods, all these strange noises start to sound around you. What will remove that fear? What will? Will it be because dad or mum has told you beforehand, there's no need to fear, there's nothing to be afraid of in the woods. Will, will that help? Well, it might help a little bit. But what will really help is when mum or dad or whoever it is you really love or trust comes, grabs you by the hand and says, everything's going to be all right. It's presence. It's a presence of someone who is safe that you know that loves you, who is for you, that casts out fear. We need fresh encounters with your love, Lord God. So how do I know that God's love? I remind myself frequently what the Bible teaches. Remind yourself. Why is it that we need to read the Bible every day? Because we're in a battle, and it's the sword of the Spirit, and it's a, you know, who would go into a battle and leave their sword in the tent? You've got to be stupid, you know? And then you come back moaning and complaining that you've had a right old kicking in the battle. And you say, well, where was your sword? Oh, I left it in the tent. I didn't, get, I didn't, I didn't take it with me. Well, you're a fool. You've got to read the Bible. We need to help you to read the Bible. We need to teach you what it says. But actually, in the end... You need the sword of the Spirit. It's the word of God to bring defense, to attack, to see God's power released. What about faith? Faith is belief and expectation that God's going to do something. I'll say it again. Faith is a belief in God and his ability and his power, but it's also linked to an expectation that he is going to turn up. Faith is rooted in a person. It's rooted in God and his faithfulness. In Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Isn't that beautiful? God is your refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth gives way. Wow. Though the mountains have been moved into the heart of the sea. I'm not going to fear, although the reality, the truth is... The truth is, the earth is giving way. That sounds pretty bad. Truth, Though mountains are being moved into the heart of the sea, all around me, and yet the psalmist says, I will not fear. Why? Because God is my refuge and strength, and he is an ever-present help in trouble. It's believing the right reality of the truth. It's possible to have no faith, to be weak in faith, to have little faith, to have great faith. Faith is something we grow in. As a supernatural people, we live by faith. It's the defining characteristic of us as God's people, isn't it? Our faith, it's a defining characteristic. It says in Hebrews, without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith is massively powerful. The promises linked to faith that Jesus makes are absolutely amazing. How do I feed my faith? I read the Bible, I allow it to transform me. I am thankful for what God has given to me. Thanksgiving is such a powerful weapon. In the prayer meeting this morning, we spent a lot of time just thanking God. We celebrate the mustard seed 
the mustard seed breakthroughs that we get. How do we grow in faith? We celebrate what God is doing. Even the littlest things, I'm going to celebrate it. Why? Because I believe as I steward what God has given me well, he will give me more. If I steward the one talent he's given me, he'll give me two, five, ten. I will step out in faith and I will take risks for him. For 25 years, I've been convinced from the Bible that when we pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, they will have an inner witness and there will be external things going on as well. I've believed it. Up here. Faith starts to get traction when Paul says, I want to pray for you to be filled with the Spirit, and then starts praying for people to be filled with the Spirit. Faith steps out. Faith takes risks. And there is such a danger for us that we are a very intellectual people and that we understand lots of information up here, but when it actually comes to us doing the stuff, we're pretty passive. And we get, we get confused between faith stepping out and then just an understanding in our minds. Do we believe God can heal? Yeah. When was the last time we prayed for someone who was sick? Now faith, is, faith ignites that belief and that's powerful. That provides opportunities. This isn't to condemn you, maybe just to challenge you. Now it might be fear, it might be unbelief that is holding you back, but we want to sort that out. We want to get rid of that. So I would love for some of us, or whoever wants to, to change their boots this morning. I think for some of us here today, we are shaped far too much by fear. It's as though it's, in some, for some of us, I believe, for some of us, even as I'm talking, you feel like fear has a strangle hold around your neck. It just it shapes nearly every aspect of your life. I believe God wants to set you free from that this morning. I believe for, for others of you, it's a lesser thing. You still need to deal with fear. For some of you, it's unbelief. You really just carry around a bit of a cynicism whenever God is working. I wonder, if that's, that's not really God, probably. It might be emotion, people's good intentions. I don't know. We need to sort that out. We need to sort that out. This is how we're going to do it. First thing we need to do is we need to recognise whether fear or unbelief exists in our hearts. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do is to identify if there are any situations that come to mind which open the door for fear or unbelief. So in some cases a traumatic experience it may be, or it might just be a general build-up in life. I'm going to ask you to repent of fear and unbelief. I'm going to ask you to renounce the lies that you have believed. Ah, that's another one I just put in. That's not up there. And then we need to renew our minds. We do that by the word of God. And we do it by the Holy Spirit being shed abroad in our hearts. So why don't we stand? And can I invite the band back up, please? Some of you, even now, you know you've got your big green wellies on and they should, you shouldn't be wearing them. 
Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come and fill us afresh right now. I pray, would you please search our hearts and would you identify in us where unbelief resides? I pray even now, would you highlight in us where fear resides? Some of, you are, some of you are afraid or fearful of, of even acknowledging that fear exists in you. That you're afraid of what will happen if you allow God to come in and deal with it. He is a loving father. He loves you very much. He will only come in as far as you let him. And even if it hurts a little bit while it's being dealt with, the end result is much, much better. I pray, Holy Spirit, will you reveal in what circumstances of our life we are most tempted to fear or doubt you. I pray, Lord God, would you highlight, if there is a root cause, what that would be. Lord, if it is something traumatic, something that happened, or if it's just a build-up, a slow callousing, hardening over time. Holy Spirit, would you reveal what you're doing? I don't want to rush on and deal with it straight away. I just wondered if we could sing a few refrains of a song before we, uh, before we do.
what I want us to do now. I would like to ask you to do now. So if you feel the Holy Spirit has been identifying within you, um, either fear or unbelief and linking it to particular circumstances or situation, um, I want you just now where you are just to repent of that. Use your own words. Father, I repent of the fear that exists in my life when I fear in these circumstances where I'm not trusting you. Father, I repent. I turn around. I turn away from that and I turn back to you. Just for a few moments, why don't you where you are in your own words You may need to, under your breath as well, if you want to, is to renounce lies that you've believed. Maybe that you're not loved by God. That you are the one exception. (laughs) That you're not loved by God, although everyone else here is. Or that God is not willing or able to step in on your behalf. That God is disinterested in you. need to renounce those lies. Lord, I thank you that you love us and you are for us. I thank you, Lord God, that perfect love drives out fear. I thank you that you love us and we know that you love us because of the cross. That you died for us there. I thank you, Lord, that you've adopted us into your family. Thank you, Lord, that you will never, ever let us go. I thank you this covenant meal here this morning that we're about to take as we finish. I thank you, Lord, that that is, as it were, confirmation. It's a sign of your great love. It brings to our memory your blood shed for us and how much it cost to save us from our sin. We are so grateful today. We do not need to live in fear or unbelief. Lord, but you have made a way for us to follow you. One filled with faith, one filled with love. And Lord, we say today, even as we take the bread and wine, even as we have this covenant meal together, Lord, that we love you, that we're following you, that we are for you. Lord, I pray as we minister to one another, Lord God, I pray for powerful encounters with you. I pray for your grace to be poured out in fresh ways. I pray, Lord, where there is unbelief, Lord God, for faith to start and come in to fill our hearts. Lord, where there is fear, Lord, we will experience afresh your love as we take this covenant meal. Lord, we ask for that in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. It's 22 now, so it's when we finish. And what I'd really love us to do is if you are a Christian here today, if you love Jesus, if you are following him, you can be visiting from another church, that's fine. But I'd invite you to come and take the bread, have the wine. It's an opportunity for us also to do business together. 
So maybe you want to grab someone together and just maybe even share, look, I've been dealing with this or I've been worried about that or I've got this fear in my life. Just an opportunity for you to process it with someone, to be prayed for by someone. And we will finish it up there. Becky came to me just as we closed saying she felt um, two particular things. If you struggle particularly with a fear of man, you're particularly afraid of what other people think about you and you know that limits what you do in life. Becky would love to talk with you and pray with you. And if I can invite the ministry team out for that. And the other one, which is a little odder, but Becky felt prompted, so she's stepping out and going for it, is particularly in the whole area of you, you fear, fear, have a fear of driving, of driving a car. I'm guessing it's a car rather than a train or a plane or something like that. Again, Becky would like to pray for you in connection with that. So I think the band are going to lead us in a song, but why don't we go and have the bread and wine? I'm sure children will come and join us as well at some moment. Quite soon, do we need to go and get kids? Yeah. In five minutes, if you can go and get your children, if they're um, in the two youngest groups, that would be great. So let's have bread and wine together.
we've, we've finished it up there, so um, feel free to keep enjoying worshipping God. Um, I think the band are going to continue to play if you want, or go and grab a coffee. If you've got children in tots, um, please could you go and collect them? And if you've got children in energy, could you please go and collect them as well? That would be great. Thanks very much.